Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the Lakers Side Chats. I'm your host as always, Alan Ramich. I've got two guests on with me today, um, two guys who, and I, I don't think have been on a podcast together before, um, so it's so a first here on the Lakers Side Chats. I'll introduce the first person. He is the host of the Late Night Lake Show. Ricky, welcome on, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, man. We uh we up in Adam early on a Saturday, uh, talking that good talk. Thanks for having me on, brother. And secondly, but not least, uh, we have he is by far, in my opinion, one of the best follows in NBA Twitter, not just Lakers Twitter. Um, if you don't follow Raj, what are you doing? Raj, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for that uh, introduction. Um, it's a little early here in California. It's like around 8 a.m., but uh, we're awake and we're here. So, um, just, <laughs> good to be here. We're on just Allen to, time right now. <laughs> just a disclaimer, I'm so happy that I made you guys come on my time. <laughs> for for the, like, the first and only time, I reckon. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, let's go into it. You know, obviously, the Lakers are coming back. First scrimmage is today. They're scrimmaging the, themselves, but obviously, the first televised scrimmage will be on Wednesday, um, 4 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Central time, and 12 a.m. my time. Um, so, let's just talk about the Lakers' chances. I'll go to you first, Raj. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you feel about the chances in the bubble for the Lakers? Um, are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic for whatever reason? You know, we have lost our best two defensive guards after all, but I digress. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty optimistic. I think the people who go into the bubble who have an actual chance are more serious about this. I think it's tougher to, you know, uh, be focused and everything when your team doesn't really have a shot. But Obviously, the Lakers are going in thinking they can win it. They're one of the few that do. So I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. Um, I think the teams that are the closest together with the most camaraderie and chemistry and stuff will have an advantage, especially when you're stuck in the same place for this long and uh, have to be around each other. So I I think they have a pretty good shot, and I think we have the, the best tandem in the league. So there's you always have a shot. Rick, I'll throw to you. How are you feeling about it all? Yeah, I feel good. I mean, this would be the Lakers roster that we would be most comfortable with going into a really crazy situation and scenario like we're in right now. You know, you think back to the teams that we've had the last five, six, seven years, and I could not imagine like a ninth seed young Lakers team that just barely squeaked into the bubble and now have to – you know, abide by rules like Rashawn Holmes is already not doing on the Sacramento (laughs) Kings. You know, it's just very nice to know that you have grown men all coming together um, for the same goal and the same plan. And even the additions of Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith, they're falling right in line because they are all grownups and they know that this season is much bigger than just a asterisk pandemic year. Definitely. And um, my view on it is, I don't know how you guys feel, but I was super always, and we talked about it on your podcast a little bit, Rick. Um, I was always super confident about the bubble being fine, the season finishing and whatnot, primarily because we've had sports in Europe now for almost two months. And, you know, let's just talk about, you know, the Premier League here in England. There's been zero tests 
of zero positive tests in the past month of COVID, and everyone's getting tested every two days. And that's where people traveling across the entire country. It's not one localized venue. So if you can get zero tests from traveling all over the country, I don't see how a billion dollar bubble where people are, um, as we've seen, like you said, Rashawn Holmes, um, Dwight Howard's notably got a warning for not wearing a mask. Um, the snitch line's working strong there. Um, <laughs> shout out to Doc Rivers, you know. I bet he's everywhere right now trying to find any type of advantage on the Lakers. Um, but but yeah, like, I'm really confident that we'll see the end of this NBA season anyway, unless, you know, a huge catastrophe happens, God forbid. But I'm also There's... really confident about our chances. Yeah, and then you look around the the world, right? Uh, like you're saying, the European uh, soccer. Then you have, uh, the, you know, the Japanese baseball leagues or Korean baseball leagues is that starting at like three o'clock in the morning. And when I wake up, it's at the seventh <laughs> inning on ESPN. They're seeming like they're having a uh, a successful run at restarting sports. And then you look at even in the United States with the TBT tournament. I'm looking at their. Uh, positive test uh rate and it started you know before they started the tournament they had to kick out a lot of teams right that's just the fact of the matter nba kicked out a lot of teams too to restart this uh year then they had a seven percent uh positive rate before they started reporting the camp then it dropped down to 1.9 then it dropped down to 0.7 and as you continue to go through your season your year your tournament whatever you're also eliminating teams from this bubble scenario and they were able to have a championship and host a trophy and everybody celebrate and it was fun to watch right we're all starving for sports and i right. think right now anybody who thinks that you know this is going to fail um you don't want to see it succeed because we have plenty of use cases right now that um basketball is going to be able to survive especially because this is going to be the most expensive and highly funded one out of any sport right now that's picking back up right and you can't do better than they're doing in my opinion like they have they have checked every single box of trying to take precautions um they're having being media people who come in have to quarantine for seven days and take like i think malika andrews from espn said that she had to do like i think seven straight negative tests just to be able to leave her room <laughs> To that's get crazy. to do to do something <laughs> I, other than I don't like get my it. job that much. I'm sorry, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, and like she said, she couldn't even leave her room only to get the COVID test. They bring food to her door. Um, obviously, she had internet and stuff in the room, but I I just don't think you're gonna find a safer place than this. I mean, this it's closed off. Um, you can't get in or out without you know going through them. all these tests. I think players have to quarantine for two days straight um, when they come in. So. Uh, yeah, like you said, and I think this is this should work. And if it doesn't, it wasn't because the NBA didn't take the best precautions possible. Um, and another sport I see that's working. I know it's a one-on-one, but like UFC is also just did their main events. Oh, definitely, and, yeah. And they went without any trouble. I think there was like one person who who had who got positive tests, but other than that, they've they went through without any problems. And then the sports that you guys said as well. So um, yeah, I think they've did what they could. You know. Well, Gilbert Burns is the guy you're testing to, but they just replaced him. Like, right. you know, we've seen right. it. He didn't. He wasn't even allowed to fly to the Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. don't I, that I, sound I, like the plot of like a late '90s, you know, suspense <laughs> thriller? 
he got he got kicked off that he couldn't go to the fight island in Abu Dhabi. Like, what are we doing this, this year? What's happening? I can't wait for the dinosaurs to make their reappearance and stuff really gets crazy in September. In September's when we're getting the vaccine. Yep. That too. That's what's gonna turn people into dinosaurs. Might as well. Might as well. So yeah, so I, I like I, I'm glad we're all on the same page when it comes to the confidence side of things because um, there's been a lot of pessimism about the bubble and to be fair I understand it. I know you guys are in America, but America's crazy. Like realistically, straight up. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we, I think we yeah I, I think we can agree with that. <laughs> yeah. But but because of how much money's been invested, and to be honest with you, if there's any commissioner I trust or any head of sport that I trust, it's Adam Silver to do a good job. Um, mm-hmm. A, there's too much money on the line for the NBA for it not to succeed. Like, let's talk about it realistically. That's what they care about. Like, you know, straight yeah. up. But secondly, um, I don't think the players. I know we had Kyrie's little um, tantrum and stuff, and. We also had the Black Lives Matter movement, which was, I think, very important. And I think we should continue to publicize that in every single podcast and right. every single show. And, you know, uh, it's great to see the likes of Caruso and Dion Waiters, you know, wanting to make a message on their jerseys. I, I, you guys can help me out. Is Dwight um, putting a message on his jersey or I can't remember correctly? Um, no, I didn't see I, yeah, I wasn't, so, yeah. So for now, it's just Caruso and Waiters, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, I to, think so too. But to have an Alex Caruso put Black Lives Matter on it on his jersey, I think is um, just a, a symbol of how united this team is in, in, in its greatest respects because, you know, like you wouldn't see that on, like no disrespect to the Celtics, but I don't think you see NS Cantor wearing a Black Lives Matter jersey. <laughs> but that's just you me. Ennis was out there. He might probably will just have an equality on the back of his jersey. But I mean, like, yeah, like you said, it's it's symbolic gesture. You know, I think there's tons more work to be done outside of jerseys and, you know, uh, pissing off some audiences from that. You know, there's actually some ground level momentum that's happening right now uh in this in the united states and you know if these are signs of forward momentum i'm all i'm all here for it but you know i think oftentimes symbolism is uh hollow if it there's no action that comes behind it so again i don't want this to be you know a jerry jones taking a knee with the dallas cowboys one week (laughs) And then saying it was a mistake the next week, right? What are you going to do about it? And I think the NBA is the right league that they'll be able to uh, uh, implement, you know, more standards and be the leader in American sports and, um, you know, trying to elevate uh, voices and careers and faces that usually aren't. Right. And the NBA brands itself as one of the most progressive leagues, right? And I think this, like, name thing, it, it can help. But obviously, I also respect, like, LeBron being like, look, I I do I do real shit off the court. You know, I don't need to have the name behind Definitely. it. Yeah, I actually have, like, the voting, the only thing that he did, and obviously the school that, that he's open and stuff Huge. like that. So, um, yeah, if they want to put it, I think that's great. They have a, they're going to have every single eyeball that likes sports 
viewing them. I mean, I think they're going to have Black Lives Matter also on every single court um, as well. Which is great. Yeah. Which is definitely great. Yeah. They just before we, before we move on to the next topic, I just want to ask, we've, I'm sure we've all seen James Harden's mask um, <laughs> or face cover because um, it wasn't really a mask of sorts. It was more of a bandana type. Um, what do you guys make of that? I, I genuinely believe that Harden had no idea what it meant, and it just covered his mask. It just covered his beard. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I don't think he knew either what that meant. I think he just thought it looked cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess my bigger thing was like the Houston Rockets posting it, and you know what I mean. I feel like someone over there must have known, but maybe I, not. I don't know. I I am fully. Uh, not putting this scenario <laughs> past that James Harden saw it was like that's that that's kind of dope, right? Yeah. You know, um, the Houston Rockets PR or you know social media team just wanted to announce he was back and right. took a cool picture of him in it. Right now, did someone up the chain inside the house know what that actually? was maybe sure right i don't think we need to be uh you know um conspiracy theorists about it i don't think james harden really thought about it too much i don't think some of the social media people thought about it too much i just think (laughs) once it hits twitter.com it's a free for all (laughs) so you know yeah also twitter just hates james harden like let's be yeah most of twitter does not like james harden like that's just what it is and then you got Young Thug coming to his defense and saying, oh, James man. don't got internet right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, okay, like I'm I'm going I'm going to sleep. Y'all yeah. figure this out. I don't really care. <laughs> I need a uh, friend I'm like fr- Young Thug. That's who I need. Right. Need friends Everyone that will lie for you. Like yeah. <laughs> you ain't about to be calling my man's out like that. Now that's not even what you think it is, okay? See the blue. <laughs> Into him was periwinkle because you know he got a little astigmatism in his left eye, so colors becoming a little off. You know, like I just need someone to go hard for me like that. <laughs> yeah, he just watched the Punisher movie, right? That's what it is, and that's that's what he wanted to be. I don't know. So let's move on to um, obviously the ma- the biggest news over the past week for the Lakers organization has been. Uh, Rajon Rondo breaking his hand for what feels like the twentieth time. Like it's it's been too many. Like I'm not trying to make fun of the injury. You know I hate injuries, um, but am I the only one who thinks that this happens at least two or three times a season now? It's crazy. That man is a walking uh, hand chandelier. You would think <laughs> for somebody who consistently breaks his hand like a la rip hamilton breaks his nose right that he would choose a different you know quarantine workout besides boxing like <laughs> rajon what is why why and then as soon as you get into some contact drills somebody smacks your hand and up oh, there it goes it just crumbles into pieces again like i, I don't know man maybe maybe he should have you know brought uh, took a pilates or yoga or like running, like he, he's jacked. He's GI Joe Rondo, but I don't know. Raj, I help me out, man. I just think there were so many other avenues for him to start the next chapter of Coach Rondo without him breaking the one thing that he always breaks. <laughs> yeah, I think he heard it. Like I remember the Christmas Day game also, and 
2018. I think he broke his hand then. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he just has like weak bones in his hand. I don't know. But uh, um, yeah, I feel like this this is kind of what Laker fans wanted in a like a weird like we didn't want to get it to this. We didn't want to get it this way. But I guess it was kind of like, hey, Rondo, like you know, why don't you put on a suit sometimes? You know, and just 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 try grab a clipboard and you know try try to help that way. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Am I the only person who thinks that he'd help a lot that way? Like, yeah. I genuinely think him being an assistant coach is super beneficial for the Lakers right now. Because I feel like, let's be honest, Alex Caruso, we, we love him. Defensively, I think he's fantastic. Offensively, off the ball, I think he's magnificent. I think his off-ball reads, I think the way he moves off the ball is really good and it complements LeBron really well. You know, being a playmaker, being an on-ball initiator of an offense, I don't think is his forte, which, you know, can't say anything blasphemous about Caruso. Um, but at the same time, I feel like having a Rondo there guiding him, helping him make certain reads will only further his progression. Like, I, I, I'm, And I'm, not I'm, taking I'm, his minutes. <laughs> that, that too. That too. <laughs> the best progression is opportunity. And the, the best opportunity Alex Caruso has right now. I mean, think back. First game of the season. How many mm -hmm. minutes did Alex Caruso play, fellas? Zero. 0.0. Rajon Rondo played plenty, right? <laughs> Fast forward to pandemic apocalyptic world 2020. Um, Alex Caruso is now primed in position to be the backup primary ball handler. I don't know. I, I think yeah. it's going to be interesting and we will probably get into it. It's just like, how do these rotations look where Lakers have plenty of uh, twos that right. can dribble, I guess. Right. But if they're on the floor with LeBron, um, it doesn't really matter. It's just, can you get to your open spots and find your right cuts? So, right. Yeah, I, I tweeted this earlier because I feel like there's a misconception going on. Like, like, oh, who's gonna be the ball handler when LeBron's out? You know, LeBron. Like, that's what that's what that's what Rondo was. <laughs> that's what Rondo was doing, and that's just not true at all. You look at the numbers. He was he plays 20 minutes a game. Half of that is with LeBron on the floor, and then the other half, the Lakers get just wiped off the floor when he's the only one without LeBron. They're like minus, right. they're minus 5.3 and per 100 percent. 100 possessions when it's just him um, on the floor. The Lakers as a team are a plus seven, and they get six points worse with him. Like all the numbers just point to him just being absolutely terrible. I mean, he's. Basura. He's, <laughs> the Lakers have a bad defense with him and Anthony Davis on the floor. You know how hard that is to do, to have a bad defense with Anthony <laughs> Davis on the floor? That is almost impossible, and yet that's what happens when he's there. So, like, it's not to dump on him. Like, I think he has some kind of role. He just, he's not good at it, but like, he had a role, which was to dribble the ball, give LeBron like a break, which I think is necessary. Now, Deion Waiters is going to have to play. He just is like he's the second guy behind this. But like he just wasn't good this year. That's the facts. Like it's just is what it is. Like was he good in 2008? Hell yes. But this is 2020 and he was he was not a good basketball player. And I think it's OK to say that without being like, oh, you're just a hater on. No, like, he wasn't good. <laughs> Definitely. And with. With the whole um, LeBron, you know, who's going to handle the ball when LeBron's off the court. In the playoffs, LeBron's playing 42 minutes a night. <laughs> like, right. realistically, it's not as deep as people, like, try to make out to be. Because there's 
a multitude of scenarios that you can use. Dion Waiters is one of them. Giving the ball to Kyle Kuzma. I know our, our guy Nas, you know, res respect to him. He'll probably be listening later on. Can't stand the sight of Kyle Kuzma. Um, but I worry about I, I honestly think that Kuz. he like, I has... feel like. <laughs> <laughs> But it honestly, is it I, is a passion and drive right now that he has in his uh, like his I just trip. I feel like their paths like are just bound to cross you know what I mean like when you mention somebody that many times like you're just bound to cross them and I feel like a little worried if that meeting ever happens yeah well you can follow Nas at Koo's trash by the way on Twitter <laughs> <And> <laughs> but but honestly um. I think Kuzma has stagnated this year when he's played with Rondo purely because I think to get the best type of Kuzma, you need to engage him in the offense. And when you're mm. getting him to like just stand either on the wing or the corner while Rondo dribbles the ball for 15 to 17 seconds, as Ricky put before we started recording, um, I don't think that benefits Anthony Davis. I mean, like, do you know how hard it is to, like, not get Anthony Davis to, like, even be a, a great NBA player, let alone a super-duper star? Like, and Rajon Rondo somehow manages it. And to be honest with you, I'm sort of excited to see what Frank Vogel will do because he's already said it's not going to be the same way they'll play. And knowing Vogel and knowing the coaching staff and how impressive they've been, um, with zero coach of the year buzz, you know, I'll, I'll add that as well. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what way they'll go. Raja, I'll throw it to you. Um, who do you think takes up the mantle of secondary initiator, playmaker, ball, however you want to call it? Yeah, I mean, so I feel like it's going to be a team effort. Um, the Lakers, what they do, and Vogel especially, which is really good. Lakers have a lot of players who can, like, make plays. They just can't dribble like um, KCP and Avery Bradley even. He wasn't like a dribbler, but they put him in like ball hand uh, um, handoff situations and um, things like that that make it a little easier. KCP, do this, they do the same thing. Him and Dwight have really good chemistry because he can do a handoff. Dwight is a big um, – usually people who guard Dwight are in a drop – go in a drop situation. So it allows KCP to take like the mid-range jumper. And I think that's basically how it is. Um, I think Deion Waiters is going to have a role, expecting him to be a – you know, a big time player on a team that's won six is going to win sixty games is a little tough. But I mean, I think he has the talent for it. Um, but I think it's going to be a team effort. They're gonna they're gonna have to work on their offensive sets. I think they're gonna have to rely more on their you know off screens um, actions and things like that to to offset it. But like again, like Rondo was not you know running this at some efficient level. <laughs> you know, um, maybe there was a playoff Rondo coming. I I have no idea. But at least for the moment, like this. It just wasn't what people think was happening. So, but I think it's going to be a team effort when LeBron's on the floor, and they're going to have to run more through Anthony Davis, which, which I think is, is fine as well. Man, it. Rick, not to, what do you think? Yeah, not to go back to the what ifs and stuff, right? But what if Boogie was just not injured ever, <laughs> and he was on this roster? Like a lot of this, a lot of these questions and puzzle pieces coming into the season was with the assumption, you know, that a healthy DeMarcus Cousins would be kind of that big man Jokic facilitator, right? Right, right? And, you know, when you take that out from the beginning of the year, um, that that hurt. And the Lakers didn't really have the, you know, 
um, the direct answer. So it had to be by committee, like you, right. like we've been talking about. Now you get to today and you look around and it's really a question of when LeBron's off the floor, who's literally bringing the ball up the court? Does it doesn't matter what do the sets look like, right? Like I think yeah. you're going to see a mixture of Alex Caruso, Dion Waiters, maybe J.R. Smith. You know, you got Danny Green in that mix. Then you got Kyle Kuzma, who's capable of handling the ball, right? Um, yeah. But I'm not sure any of those guys has a plus 80 uh, ball handling. Maybe Dion, right, yeah. still. But I'm yeah. not – I don't know if J.R. Smith is going to be my quasi-point guard when he hasn't played <laughs> basketball in almost two years, right? So yeah. – it, it's going to be all hands on deck. I think it's going to be more about how Frank Vogel utilizes these players and these bodies. And um, it's going to have to be per matchup, right? We're not, we're done with all the tinkering and experimenting um, that we saw out of Frankie smokes throughout the year. And it frustrated a lot of Lakers fans. Like, why is this happening? This, this, and this, right. he kind of kept uh, uh, Alex Caruso, as his best kept secret all year. Right. Maybe that's kind of his answer to the playoffs. Like, hey, Alex, you're bringing the ball up the court. And then once we get into the half court, you're going back to being the slasher. And we got some other guys that can distribute and, uh, you know, let Dion make a play and you read off of him. So. And another guy who I think will help a lot. I know he's not in the bubble yet, but I think um, Markeith Morris also being part of this rotation eventually we saw mm -hmm. it before and um, he's not it's not not as a ball handler but i think his passing's an underrated talent of his i don't think he's don't get me wrong i don't think he's like you know like you said Jokic or a yoki yeah. noah you know esque center passer or forward passer but i feel like he's also another player that will definitely help you know with the playmaking ability that he does have um i don't know about you guys but i'm very excited to see how dion waiters and jr smith do um, purely for the fact I have no idea what it's going to look like. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I, I think um, JR has a lot easier time to just fit right in. His role is pretty clear. He's going to do what he's been doing. Um, Deion Waiters, it's a little more up in the air. Um, he was really good last year in Miami. Like He was a legit ball handler coming off screens, aggressive to the rim. Um, yeah. But I, I have no idea what he is now. But I think he's still young, right? I think he's like 30. 29 30 or something like that so. yeah no Dion's younger like I think yeah. that's I think honestly Dion's the same age as AD oh, 28 wow. sorry 28 my bud yeah 28, he's, oh. my age. That, he's like at the point in his career where if he's still good right and he's got over his injuries and you know making right. questionable decisions he's pretty much on lockdown right now so not sure how much you know he could get you know the the bubble into the bubble but you know he keeps his head on straight and he's healthy right this yeah. Deion waiters answer is pretty clear that you know he could help the lakers out the most in this situation right yeah and he i think he's a, he's a lot better shooter than people i think realize as well um i think he's like 40 percent on spot up threes as, as, as just a catch and shoot shooter yeah people don't really see him as that because he takes a lot of like step back jumpers like he's you know he tries to be this ball handling shooter. Um, but yeah, if they can rein him in, man, I'm, I'm excited about him. Um, I was hoping they got one of him when they were like, you know, remember they were trying to sign people after, you know, Troy yeah. Daniels couldn't do the one job that he was hired for. Like, 
I still lose sleep on Troy Daniels missing wide open corner threes for no reason. But um, yeah, they were they were looking at Deion Waiters, <laughs> J.R. Smith, and uh, they. I was hoping they get one of them. They got both of them. So um, and they're they're veterans. They, Deion played in that OKC Warrior series, and then J.R. Smith obviously has a ring. So they they know what it takes. And also the the fit, like you know, we talked about the Lakers chemistry and how close knit they are. But the fit seems to have been seamless. Like, oh, I know Dion was there before lockdown as well. So obviously that helped mm-hmm. a little bit when it came to, you know, um, garnering a relationship, you know, with the guys already. But it feels like JR's been here forever. Like, it really does. Like, it feels like he just, you know, it's, I think it's a testament yeah. to just the the overall, like we keep on saying, it's just this team, the chemistry behind them is probably the best chemistry in a team in years. And the fact that it's only their first year together is crazy as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm just so thankful that we are now at a point. I was just reading a tweet. Frank Vogel said pretty much our lives is basketball, (laughs) eating and sleeping. Right. Uh, What more could we ask for as far as integrating uh, new players into the system, right? Getting them up to speed and on and keeping them out of other stuff that could get them in trouble as soon as we get keith and we got the we got the whole squad and you know yes avery decided that you know he needs to be with his family and no you know nothing against that but everybody that has committed is one million percent in and it's not a situation like you know you look at the clippers where it's guys that may or may not like each other and now you're asking them to go and hang out for three straight months together and it's only basketball eat and sleep that's Man. fine in a vacuum but in a bubble that could get a little madness <laughs> i remember there's a quote from jr smith i don't remember what year it was they're like man why are you playing so much better he's like there's not much to do in cleveland like it's just it's just hoop <laughs> sleep and play video games so there's there's not many distractions, and this is kind of the same the same thing. You'll see. This is AAU um, basketball now. The way that this is all set up, you right. know, it's we we know. You watch the NBA. You know who is taking the game and their profession most seriously, and who necessarily isn't. When it is eat sleep basketball, and you're just in an ABCD camp, and it's yeah. just you and the other best players on the planet or in your state or in your region, right. Or in your country. Um, it really, it really puts you in a different mindset, um, day in and day out. Like, no, you're pretty much walking amongst, you know, your quasi enemy. Yes. Everybody's all union and all that good stuff. Right. But if you're trying to win and you're a competitor, this isn't a joke to you. This isn't something that you're taking lightly. If you're in this bubble and you're trying to win a championship, you got to really flip that switch and be like, okay, now it's kill or be killed. You know, this is the most dangerous game right now, low key. <laughs> right, right. I'm thinking like That's Myers funny. Leonard and like Jordan Clarkson, like oh shotgun- my god, shotgunning beers and stuff like that. I'm like, I really hope I don't have to see that with the Lakers. I do not want to see you know Kuzma out there shotgunning beers in the middle of the day. Like this, <laughs> he better not, man. I. <laughs> And, and, and if not. he does, then, please, no one show the Nas video. Would to put Nas. the hit out, please. Not to put the <laughs> official hit out. Yeah. Um, so. let, 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 let's go. Let's go into the last topic that I want to touch on um, today. And 
it's the you know obviously we talked about the, the loss of Rondo and I I I still don't think the Lakers have found their best five. Obviously we've had three new additions since the end of February, but I still don't think the Lakers have found the best five players to close games. And obviously I think the loss of Rondo will help that because we'll get more minutes where the, the Lakers will play their best five. So we'll, we'll get to see which fives are the most effective. Um, I'll go to you first, Rick. Um, let's say we're playing the Clippers. Who would be your closing five in a Western Conference Finals situation? A closing five, you say? Um, well, I know LeBron Anthony Davis would be on the court. I will more than likely have Danny Green on the court, even though Frank Vogel seems to not have Danny Green on the court in a lot of crunch time moments, which, you know, I, I would love, uh, Rod, if you have any insights into that. Maybe, you know, some of his defensive metrics have taken a hit or whatever. I don't know why, but I would have um, Danny Green on the court. So that's three. I would more than likely have Alex Caruso out there because you need, he's very capable on defense. He's an active, he's an aware uh, player. Um, and, you know, he very rarely will you see him make the wrong uh, decision. Right. And then right. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up with, um, with Keith. You're going to give me Markeith Morris in there, right? That is a big body uh, defensive guy that, you know, there's going to be a lot of switching because, you know, crunch time minutes. It's going to be a lot of one-on-one matchups and, you know, high, big, or, you know, big, little pick and rolls. Um, You got to have versatile defenders. And Keith's out there, and he'll he'll knock down some threes um, when you need him to, and he's not scared of those big moments. So that's probably what I'm looking like. You got LeBron, AD, Markeith, Caruso, and Danny Green. Raj, I'll throw it to you. Yeah, and it's weird because the Lakers actually, like, Vogel kind of just goes with his gut in the end. Um, yeah, like, before the season ended, he was closing with Caruso more. Like, it was pretty much Caruso, LeBron, and AD were, like, staples in the closing lineup. And then the last two spots were up in the air. Sometimes it was Dwight Howard, you know, and Avery Bradley. Sometimes it was KCP. And, you know, so it just kind of mixes. Um, I think it's going to depend on the game, game to game. But, yeah, I, th- I kind of agree with that. I think Caruso, Danny Green – LeBron, AD, and and then from there, like it sometimes can be Kuzma, um, it can be Dwight Howard, depending on the matchup, or you can go small mm-hmm. like with Markeith Morris. Um, yeah, like it, they have a lot of options there um, to go with. Especially, you can go with Le- AD at the five. So, I think he's gonna be able to play around with it. Um, obviously, I think AD at the five is probably like the most playoff lineup that you're gonna have to go to. Um, they've been saving that. They do not use it very much during the year, but. Um, yeah, I think I think that's what they'll go with. Uh, but like the most important thing is LeBron, AD are going to be on the floor to close games, and then from there you can kind of plug and play. Um, I heard Jared Dudley say Kyle Kuzma is their third guy, you know. So it's kind of like, yeah, this, this team doesn't really have have like a for like a third exact guy. But um, yeah, I, I agree. I think Danny Green should be on the floor. Um, he's played the most minutes next to LeBron and AD next to anybody. I don't think that's a coincidence. And they like run teams on off the floor. Those three when they're on the court together, it's like a plus twelve or some crazy number like that. So I think those three plus Caruso and then the other guys like a revolving door. It can be Dwight Howard. It can be KCP. It can be it can be anyone. For me, 
like you said, I think AD at the five is probably the most potent um, type of offense, especially and defense, to be fair. Because if you have an Anthony Davis at the five, that's a five that can primarily switch everything apart from Caruso onto a big. Right. Know, and maybe you, you wouldn't want Danny Green on a big either. But for a moment until someone else recovers, I don't think Danny Green would get overawed by that either. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm more interested to see, um, I know we talked about the closing five, and like you said, I think the, the two that are dead certs are LeBron AD, obviously. And I think Caruso's getting there, which is, you know, crazy considering, you know, how everyone hates Alex Caruso outside of the Lakers community. <laughs> um, and... The, the, the question I have is I'm, I'm intrigued to see who will take Avery Bradley's starting spot just from a rotational standpoint because then that obviously impacts the bench rotation. Obviously, people move up. You know, there's no Rondo as well. Um, so I'll go to you first, Raj, on this one. Who mm-hmm. do, I, I, I think it'll be Caruso, but who do you think will take that starting role? I think it'll be KCP. Um, to be honest, I don't think they want to throw Caruso in the starting lineup. Um, I heard Darius of Foreign Blue and Gold. Um, he also said that Caruso, and he made a good point as well, that you know it's another ball handler and a guy to um, come off screens. But I, I think it's gonna be KCP. He started all the games that Avery Bradley missed this year, which I think was like twenty. Was it like twenty games that Avery Bradley missed? Um, when he Lakers, broke his leg, yeah, yeah, and the Lakers went like seventeen and three, something like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> with with KCP starting, and um, I I think that works. I think in the starting lineup, LeBron's basically going to have the ball anyway, um, and then KCP can kind of do what he does, um, coming off handoffs and stuff like that. So it, it's a pretty seamless fit um, to me. And then KCP can still kind of just his his minutes will probably uptick a little bit, but. I think you can still mess around, and they just added two guards who will be in the rotation. So I don't think who starts really uh, matters. There's too much, but yeah, I think KCP will start. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Frank Vogel's already saying uh, as much that KCP will most likely get the nod. And shout out to KCP. Uh, He started the year off rough himself. (laughs) Um, And, you know, hey, if people say bullying is never the answer, I think that was the one case where it was. So um, KCP should definitely be getting his opportunity. And maybe this is the, you know, the, the, the top of his, you know, uh, backstory. You know, everybody, all the villains have an origin story. Uh, KCP went from, you know, playing with a ankle bracelet to starting in the playoffs <laughs> for the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, all in this his same tenure. So, you know, hey, that's just a just a yeah. life lesson for everybody. Just stick around, keep keep pushing. Yeah. You never know when LeBron and Anthony Davis will come to the rescue. Yeah. Just have the same agent as LeBron and AD. <laughs> yeah. That that helps a lot too. It does. <laughs> yeah. But Avery Bradley was great this year, though. I just want to put some respect on his name. Avery Bradley did his damn job. I, I was, wish he was there. I wish he was there, just purely from a team standpoint. I think we can recover from from what um, we've lost with Avery, but right. I, I just wanted him there to yeah. beat the Clippers because the Clippers fans hate Avery Bradley so much. All 13 of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm they, they hate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he's on a two-year, two so he'll be back. Um, it's it's crazy. I, I got to meet him. I was at like this AD event or whatever, and I got to meet Avery Bradley, and... That dude is whatever he's listed at. He is way shorter than that, and he is <laughs> he is super skinny. And I'm like, I gained so much respect for that dude seeing him in person. I was like, this guy is locking up NBA players, and he's like 
this thin, short, like super skinny dude. I was like, so yeah, respect to Avery Bradley, man. He had a great year. But just one thing I want to touch on is before we go is I can't believe the lack of defensive player of the year buzz Anthony Davis is getting. Like, man, I, 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 I honestly, if Anthony Davis is not second in the defensive player of the year voting, I don't think he will be. And if he's not in the first team, on top of that, I think they should just abolish all of these awards. <laughs> I really right. do. I like the way you say abolish, Alan. That sounds <laughs> sound like you said it with the native tongue. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> abolish all uh, postseason or, you know, uh, year achievement awards yeah. until Anthony Davis gets respect on his name. I'm with that. Yeah, it's, you know, it's criminal. It's one of those things like you combine forces, you strong armed the Pelicans right into giving them a really good package for uh, Anthony Davis so he could team up with LeBron James, which I'm sure they pissed off a lot of voters as well. Right. So it's cool. I don't think LeBron's going to get the MVP either, but he is no. the MVP of the league from what he's been able to I'm do. Um you know, so that's kind of what comes with it. Uh, uh, Raj, I think you were the one that said it's all good. You know, just we'll just take finals MVP yeah. and, uh, you know. And the championship game. Yeah. yeah. It's People are like, I, I heard some podcasts like, you know, Brooke Lopez deserves it over, you know, Anthony Davis. Like, oh, come man. on, man. Like, that's. <laughs> come on. And I, I get the Giannis one. You know what I mean? The Bucks have the best defense in the league, but like, what Giannis does for the Bucks is totally different than what Anthony Davis. Giannis is surrounded, you know, like he's they have a really good roster over there. And you just hear how that roster was talked about before the year and how the Lakers roster was talked about over the year. I think Rachel Nichols or I don't remember who has like who's gonna play defense. Danny Green can't defend, you know, all position. You know, like stuff like that was coming out. And um I don't know. I I think the buzz is kind of really low on this team in terms of awards. I don't think they're gonna win any of them. I listen to like NBA podcasts all day long, and they're all pretty penciled in with their votes. Giannis is going to win the MVP. Um, I believe uh, Giannis is also probably going to get Defensive Player of the Year. They're saying um, Sixth Man of the Year is going to like Montrez Harrell. So I don't think we're getting any awards, which, like you said, uh, we're, we're fine with that. When can I get Montrez Harrell on the Lakers? When can <laughs> I? When can we start making up some rumors until that has some buzz? Like, there's just the kind of guy that, you know, just needs to be on the team. We got Markeith, right? He'll be a little redundant as far as the junkyard dog um, spot on the court. But I'd like me some Montrez Harrell. Uh, it looks like, you know, I know we touched, we joked about it earlier on the show, but it does look like Montrez did leave the bubble to go see about his sick grandmother. So right. um hope everything is good over there uh shout out to montrez and i hope everybody is okay take a guess who montrez harold's agent is i think he clutch affiliated is yeah he he is is all is his agent so so keep the family close that's right (laughs) (laughs) he's our inside agent yeah it's all good (laughs) he's destroying the clippers from the inside yeah he's gonna get paid this summer so let's see what happens i hope he does I hope he does. He deserves it. He definitely yeah. deserves it. Yeah, he does. Guys, I just want to thank you so much for coming on to the show. Um, these 40-some minutes have flown by. Um, we need to do this again and soon and hopefully talking about 
Lakers wins in a few weeks uh, instead of, you know, talking hypotheticals. I'll throw to you first, Rick. Where can the people find you? People can find – well, first of all, Alan, thank you so much for having me on the, the Lakers uh, fireside chats, man. I really <laughs> – I, I, I enjoyed it. It was so nice to be on the other side of the pond talking that good good purple and gold stuff. But, no, you guys can find me on Twitter at Mr. Ricky Spanish. Follow me on Instagram at Agent Jet Jackson. I think I've um, embodied enough uh, fictional characters on both platforms, so you could hit me up on either one of those. And make sure you're following the Late Night Lake Show podcast at uh, Late Night Lakers. Um, we just, you know, talk that that good stuff. I curse probably a little bit more than I did on Alan's podcast. So if you're into profanity, make sure you subscribe. It's a good lesson. It's definitely a good lesson. And Raj, I'll throw it to you now. Yeah, uh, Alan, thanks for having me um, so on this beautiful morning, Saturday morning. Uh, it's a little early, but I think uh, I got through it. Um, yeah, you can, <laughs> you can follow me uh, at Unwritten Rules uh, on Twitter. The last E is a three or something like that. Um, um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, I do. Uh, I write for Lakers Outsiders, so you can follow them. Um, and uh, I have a podcast with uh, Rick, Ali, and, uh, and Al Kendrew, so um, at the forum podcast so um yeah thanks for having me and uh, hope we can do this again be sure to leave my podcast raj's podcast ricky's podcast a five-star review on the apple podcast so wherever you find your entertainment through audio form um, thank you so much for listening guys have a nice weekend take care